Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, I know that many of you saw these trash cans come out and someone actually told me, they said, Pastor, are you preaching one of those trashy messages again? And, and the answer is kind of, kind of. Well, I think probably if I was to sit down and look across from you and ask you, how are things going? What are things like that you might look at me and go, uh, do you mean the economy? Do you mean the fact that so many people in the oil industry have been laid off? How many of you in the oil, oil business in one way or the other have been laid off or cut back right, your, your wages? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. And someone said, well, what do you mean? I, I worked for a place that got closed during COVID, so I wasn't able to work. How many of you weren't able to work during COVID? Raise your hand. Okay. And I could sit down and go, you say, well, well then, Pastor, then what do you mean? Do you mean... Like about, they're now saying there could be another shutdown? I mean, or I don't know if y'all know this, but there's been an election. Or there is going on an election. Is it going on or has there been? It's been and going on. Okay, well, that, that, that's, that, that's good. So, so there are a lot of things going on around. And then when you, when you look out, you just wonder, Man, oh man, this world is crazy. And at least if you're my age, 39 <laughs> in Jesus. It, 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 at least you look at it and you go, well, it won't be long that I'll be gone, okay? But then you look at those that are 20 and 30, and then you look at those people that, that have children themselves. And you wonder, as, as every parent, and now I am a grandparent, what kind of world are we leaving to our children and our grandchildren? And I don't know about you, but it can cause a bit of anxiety. Let me say that one more time. Those of you who sleep with a pistol right beside your bed and an alarm on your house and cameras all around it, begging someone to help you lead them to heaven. I'm a Christian and I'm going to lead you to Jesus right now. Pastor said leading people to Jesus was the most important thing. That was led. That wasn't lead. That wasn't led that brought them to Jesus. That was lead them to Jesus. And if you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about the three part of man. And I said that man is, from a biblical perspective, that every one of us are Body and, and do you remember, well, I'll go back to this, and spirit. And that we were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. And that each one of these has a voice. And the voice of my body is called feelings. It's called feelings. And the voice of my soul is my mind, will, and emotions. My soul is my mind, will, and emotions, and the voice of my soul is called reason. So these two things together, the Bible calls the flesh 
or the carnal man. So when I live by my feelings and by my own reasoning, I am leaving and leading and living by my flesh. By my flesh. So everybody got that? But we are created in the image of God. And the Bible tells us in John 4, 24, that God is a? He is a spirit. But when Adam and Eve ate of the tree in the garden, and God told them not to eat of the tree, that the day they touched or ate it, they would surely? And so the moment that they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they died spiritually. So that all that was left for them to be ruled by was their feelings and their emotions, their soul, their own reasoning. And so we look at the world that we're in today, and the world is in chaos. Is it? The political system, is it in chaos? The economic system, is it in chaos? Racial issues, is that in chaos? Yes. All of it around us is in chaos. And if you are being led by your feelings and by your own reason, then you're probably pretty unsettled. You're probably pretty filled with anxiety and pressure. Do you know that one in four of us is on some mood-altering medication? Hey, and if you have a chemical imbalance, you need to be on one. But can I tell you why many people are that weren't in previous years or in previous generations? Because we live in a world right now that caters only to this. It caters to my feelings and to my emotions. It caters to my feelings and my emotions. And so when you understand that, you understand what I said two weeks ago, which is, in the culture that we live in today, the value system that they have is not a biblical value system, but the value system that is lived by the world today is hedonism. Say that with me, hedonism. How many of you remember that from last week or two weeks ago? Okay, I'm going to put the dictionary definition of hedonism up for you. You can take a picture of it and you can show it to someone who you need to show it to. It is the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence. The ethical theory that pleasure is the sense of satisfaction or desire is what? The highest good or proper aim of what? Hedonism says, I live for my pleasure. And it trains this right here. It trains your body and your mind, will, and emotions it trains that. It's constantly, everything around you, what you see through mass media, what you see through television, what you taste, what you feel, all of it is training this right here. It's training this right here. We are being trained constantly to live by the flesh, to live by pleasure, to live for pleasure. Let me tell you by saying that what it's also saying. When I don't feel pleasure, I'm not right. Something's wrong. And do you know why one in four of us is on some sort of mood-altering medication? 
because we don't feel right. We don't feel right. And we are in a world that is totally chaotic and doing this. And when it's doing this all around you, of course you don't feel right. Who would? But we are not called to live for pleasure. To live for pleasure. But we're called to live for purpose. For purpose. Pleasure changes. What's pleasurable to you when you're a kid is not pleasure to you when you're a teenager. Remember when you were a little kid? If I just had a sucker. How many of you remember when you went through the bank and they actually gave you suckers? All right, you remember that? Do they still do that? Which banks do that? How many got a bank they don't give out suckers? Child abuse. When you're in pain, call Blaine. That's child abuse right there. That's child abuse. I mean, they're not giving out suckers. And so even if you bore with your parents going through all this stuff, you knew you could go through it. You were just like, could I get a sucker? Little sucker. How many remember those? How many of us remember those Tootsie Roll suckers? Remember those? How many of you remember when they had them and they had a coin on the inside of them? Thank you. Two old people. I love you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and, and you look at those episodes. When you're a kid, that's what you want. You want a sucker. Cousin Candy. Cousin Candy. Okay, Pop-Pop's going to give you a sucker. You tell that to a five-year-old now, they go, I want a $200 Xbox. <laughs> Dude, what happened to a sucker? Okay. okay, when you're a kid, you want a sucker. Then you get a little older and you want like... I like, I like, like soccer. I went from a sucker to soccer. Soccer makes me happy. Then you become a teenager and a young adult, and then it's sex. And then you become an adult, and then it's success. I want to be successful. Success is the meaning of life. Dress for success, talk for success, walk for success. In Louisiana, you never eat for success. <laughs> you eat for pleasure. <laughs> and, and, and then as you get in your 30s and 40s, you want to be secure. I need some security. I, 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 need, I, need, I need to be sure that, I mean, if something happened to me that everything can be paid off. My wife and kids are all right, and the grandchildren, and do have the savings account, the college stuff, and, and, and all, all of that. And then when you get my age, you want to survive. You want to open up the paper and not see your picture in the obituary section. Why am I saying that? Because it's all changing. It's all changing. So today, I want to help you. I really want to help you. 
I want to help you in a world that will take you, and if you're living by your flesh, swing you around day and night. Oh, Trump's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. No, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. But he's got to go to the Supreme Court. Not going to the Supreme Court. Going to the Supreme Court. Not going to the Supreme Court. All of these things that are going on, and all of them are doing everything they can to leave you filled with anxiety and pressure and stress and leave you filled with all of these emotions that you don't know how to deal with. Let me share something with you that you need to know. Emotions are not loyal. Emotions are not loyal. They lie. They promise you that they'll always be good to you and then they change. How many of you remember your first real love? Okay, are y'all that old as Alzheimer's too? How many remember the first time you thought you were in love? Come on, raise your hand. You lie in church, you die and go straight to hell. <laughs> you don't even pass canes. You just, just straight down. You, you remember that? Y'all know for, for many years I spoke to two million or more students in public schools on drugs, drinking, and sex. And so, I, I mean, I would talk to teenagers. I would talk to thousands. Who, I'm in love. I'm in love. This is real love. I know this is real. This is it. I love you. I can't do it. This relationship has lasted longer than anyone. How long y'all been together? Two months. <laughs> How old are you? Fourteen, but it's love. It's love. I know it's love. How many of you remember those days? Raise your hand. How many of you married that person? Raise your hand. Three people. <laughs> Three people. <laughs> What happened to love, 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 love? Can I tell you what happened? Reality. Okay, they zits. Oh, I can't be in love with them. They have zits everywhere. His voice is changing. It can't be love. Well, watch this. Why am I saying this to you? That is the world we live in. And it's doing that with every single air of your life. And if you attempt to build on that, you will constantly live tormented and you will never have peace. You will live in panic when things happen. You will live with anxiety when the unknown takes place. So today, I want to give you the three most common questions people ask me about peace. People ask me about peace. On any given week, just like this week, somebody said, I'm getting divorced. Don't I deserve to be happy? Another person, there's an investigation into my business because of my ex that's lied on me. What do I do? Another person, pray for my friend. She lost her mate through COVID, and now she wants to die. In a world that is built on you being controlled by this, what do you say? How do you give them peace? How do they find peace? Today, I want to answer those three questions that I think are so powerful every, for every person here. Here's the first question. Here's the first question. Where does peace come from? Where does peace come from? Listen to what Isaiah 9, 6 says. This is on many Christmas cards. 
that you'll be receiving this year. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called, say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, and say it loud. Say it louder. Last time loud. Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Jesus is called the prince of peace. Do you know what that means? That means that there is a place in each of our lives that as we develop spirit, soul, and body, where we can have peace regardless of what's going on around us, but it comes from Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. The Son of God is the author, the creator, and the originator of all peace. It can't be attained or acquired without Jesus. He holds the copyright. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. And that's why the Bible says in Isaiah 57, 21, read it with me out loud. There is no peace, says my God, for what? I've worked with people all walks of life. I had a wealthy person say to me one time, I should be happy. There is nothing I can't buy. There is nothing I don't have that I want. And I always love looking at them and going, uh-huh. And they go, what do you mean? I said, there's something you can't buy. There's something that you long for that your money and your relationships, if you can know the money of Bill Gates or the founder of Amazon, it doesn't matter. If you know the president, it doesn't matter who you know. You can't buy peace. That only comes from surrendering to the prince of peace. Oh, maybe you can get peace in a bottle. Maybe you can get peace in a snort. Maybe you can get peace in a... Oh, I'm not in Colorado or California. Okay. Or maybe you can get peace in a bottle. But all that is synthetic and it doesn't laugh and it leads you with less peace than you had before you did whatever you did to try to find the peace you got. There is no peace. That's why we can say with confidence. Come on, say it out loud with me. No. Come on, say it again. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Here's the second question people ask. How do we find peace? How do we find peace? Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is what? Our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Let me just explain that to you in 30 seconds. During biblical times, there was a place called the temple, and in the temple, all the Jews would go and pray. Only Jews could go. They alone had access to God. And when you came into this temple, on the outside, there was a large wall around it. And do you know what it said on the wall? No non-Jews beyond this point. You can only get so close 
but you can't really get close to God. But do you know what Jesus did? Jesus broke that down so that all of the things in our life, whether it's our sin, whether it's our family life, whether it's uh, our racial hatred, whether it's immorality, whatever it is, he breaks down every barrier so that he becomes our peace. He becomes our peace. But what I'm talking about today is not that. You see, you get peace with God the moment you're born again. Say that with me, born again. Man was born spiritually dead ever since the garden when Adam and Eve were told, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day you eat of it, you will surely what? So from that point on, Adam and Eve and every person born after them was born spiritually dead. And that's why Jesus said to a religious leader, if you want to know God, you must be born again. You must be spiritually born again. We are created in the image of God and God, John 4, 24 says, God is a, he's a spirit. He's a spirit. So today I want to talk to you about peace of God. Peace with God happened the moment you were born again. The moment you surrendered to him and repented and Christ came to live inside of you. You now have peace with God. But the peace of God comes and it lives inside of you as a Christian so that regardless of whatever is going on in your life, you can trust that something inside of you greater is going to carry you through this lasting that will never stop. That's the peace of God. Here's what Philippians 4, 7 says about this. Let's read it together. And the peace of God, the peace which reassures heart and that peace which transcends all understanding everything in your soul, everything right here in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions. There is a peace that you can have that even though you don't understand what's going on around you, there is a peace that can keep you even though you want to lose your mind, it will cause you to keep your heart. To keep your heart. So today... That's the peace that I'm talking about. And he says this, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace will stand guard over your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ, and it is yours. Jesus is about to totally ruin the disciples' entire investment of following him. They've left everything to follow him, and for three years they've been with him. They started when he was just a carpenter. And now they left their fishing boats, tax collectors left their booths, doctors left their practice, and they all came and they started with Jesus when he was just starting from the very beginning and nobody knew him. And now everyone knows him and thousands of people are coming and he's feeding 5,000 or more loaves and fishes and doing miracles and walking on water and raising the dead. And now he's famous. He's famous. And then he starts saying things like this in John 14. I'm leaving y'all. I'm leaving you. 
And before I leave, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and there I'm going to be beaten, and I'm going to be killed, and on the third day, I'm going to come back from the dead. And they are so astounded by what he says that's going to happen to him, they forget the last thing he said. Do you know why nobody was there to see him when he rose from the dead? Because they were so shocked by everything that happened, they forgot the most important thing that he said. Have you ever had that happen to you? Something happened to you that was so traumatic, you, you just got caught up in the, in the moment and forgot what really, really mattered? And that's exactly what happened to them. And Jesus is telling them, I'm going to leave you. And listen to what he says to them. John 14, 27. I'm leaving, but peace I. What? What kind of peace? My, my perfect peace I give to you. Not as what? The world gives. They give it and take it away. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. This is a peace that keeps you when nothing else around you is holding on. If you live life long enough, let, 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 me, let me give you a newsflash. A lot of things are going to happen to you you never expected in your life. They are. People that you love will betray you. Things will happen to people that are in your family you never imagined. People you thought would be with you forever will be gone. And look at me. If in your life what you're living for is pleasure, then you will be carried around and tormented by your emotions. You'll be tormented by them. But there is another way to live. There is another way to live. And you can live in such a way that no matter that everything around you is being lost, what's most important in you will still be safe and secure. That's what God desires for you. How many of you want that? How many of you have had things happen to you you didn't expect? Raise your hand. How many of you have had people do things to you you never imagined? Raise your hand. How many of you look at the TV and stare up in the air and go, my God, how, when? Of course. Jesus is saying to you the same thing that he did to his disciples. My peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. My perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Why? Because all the rest of it is changing. It's coming and going. So you can honestly say this. No Jesus, no peace. Come on, say it with me. No Jesus, no peace. One more time. And he's the peace. You say, Pastor, what, what, what do I do when I lose my peace? Go back to him. There's more him. When I was a very young pastor starting off, I wasn't a pastor. I was an evangelist preaching to kids. I felt so inadequate in so many areas of my life as we all can feel. 
And I went to one of my spiritual mentors and I was sharing with him what I felt. And here's what he said, and it changed my life. He said, Jacob, there are people that are smarter than me. There are people that are more gifted than me. There are people that are more talented than me. There are people that know more people than me. But Jacob, every one of us can have as much of God as we want. There are no limits placed on you by God. They're only placed on you by you. How much of God do you want? How much peace do you want? How much peace do you want? Because the difference is whether as a Christian you walk like this, it is not an issue whether you're going to heaven. If you're born again, you're going to heaven. But if you don't do what I'm talking about today, life on earth and your emotions will be hell until you get there. So pastor, how do I keep this peace? How do I keep this peace? I love what Romans 8, 6, the Passion Translation says. Listen to what it says. For the mindset of the flesh is, remember, this is death. If all I do is I live by my body and my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, this is death. Why? Not because it's bad. It's because everything that this experiences is dying. It's dying. Everybody here, let me give you a newsflash, you're dying. Okay, I hate to tell you that. We're all dying. And if you build on things that are around the world around you and your emotions control you, your own reason and your own feelings, then you're making decisions on things that are going to die. But watch this. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit is what? Life and peace. The soul controlled here by the Spirit is what? Which one do you want? Worry, fear, anxiety, stress, or life and peace? How, how, do, I, how do I keep that, Pastor? Here's what Isaiah 26, 3 says. I want you to read with me. You will keep him in whose mind, whose soul, mind, will, and emotions is stayed upon what? Because he, I love the amplified version. It says this, you will keep him in a perfect and constant peace whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you and both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and competent expectation. Do you know you get to choose how much peace you have? Wow, pastor. He will give perfect peace to those who keep their mind set. You know what this is? A Mexican Frisbee with two hands. No, it's a clock with Roman numerals. And I'm not Roman, but I know this is a clock. You know, it doesn't matter how expensive. You may be wearing a Rolex today that costs 10000 a Submariner, or a better one than that costs 20000 or you may wear a Timex you got free in the mail. It doesn't matter 
how expensive it is if it's not set right. Because you'll never know what time it is. You see, Jesus died on the cross, the cruelest death known to mankind, so that you could live by the Spirit and be spiritually alive and have the power of this Word to set your mind. Everything in this world is trying to attack your mind, pull your mind this way or the other. Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, your space, TikTok, your talking. All of the stupid things that are out there, they're all pulling like this. They're all trying to pull to get you back into the flesh and to get you set on the flesh. But you have the opportunity. He will give perfect peace, perfect peace. Not some peace, not a little peace. Perfect peace to those who keep their mind set, stayed, secure, fixed, unwavered, moved. Only by this right here. Only by this right here. You know, when when I preach like this, I know that those of you who know us well go, well, Pastor, I I, I know the backdrop of what you're saying. It's when y'all lost your son five years ago to September 11th. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. That's why you talk that way. No, it's not. Long before I ever had to reconcile that with God, I had to reconcile my upbringing with God. Daddy married five times. Mom married two times. A man she married him married seven times. Four sisters pregnant, 13, 14, 15. I had to reconcile that with God. I had to take the broken pieces of my life and bring them to the Spirit of God. And with this book, let God take the broken pieces and bring His unwavering peace. His peace. And when I reconcile that, listen to me. I know that there is a God that can take broken, fallen jacked up, hurt, bruised, tormented and fractured people. And God is the only one that can take and break something and make it better after he broke it. He's the only one. He's the only one. This is the peace you can have regardless of what's going on around you today. That's what Jesus said when he said, my peace I give to you. A peace that will keep him to the cross. A peace that will keep him when he was betrayed by everyone that loved him. A peace that would break his mother's heart. But a peace of knowing he was pleasing the Father. Okay, can I tell you something? You will never know true peace until you build your life spiritually on things that will never, ever, ever change. Are we going to have different presidents? Democrats, Republicans, and others? This ain't changing. 
Is COVID going to come and go? Hopefully go soon. But is this going to change? Is my husband and my children and my wife and the economy around me going to change? But heaven and earth will pass away, but this book and those who hold on to it will never, ever, ever pass away. Look at me. Stop struggling for that which is going to change by the time you get there. And start building on that which will never, ever, ever change. Never change. Many of us do not know the name Horatio Spradford. In 1871, one of his best friends was the greatest preacher at that time in the world. His name was D.L. Moody. He was a rich businessman, and he loved writing songs. He would travel with D.L. Moody to different places just to be close to him and to support his ministry. But in 1871, the great Chicago fire came through and burned every one of his businesses down to the ground. And even tragically, killed his only four-year-old son. It took him two years to try to rebuild his life together. D.L. Moody was going to go and he was going to preach in England and so he was excited he was going to take his family with them. 24 months of grief over losing everything that they had including their own son but his wife and his four daughters and himself, they were going to go and join D.L. Moody and be a part of his great crusade. Just before they were to leave, some problems came up in his business and so he sent his wife and four daughters on and he would follow and he had to get some things done as he was rebuilding his businesses back that had burnt down. But he didn't want to miss the crusade. So they went on and he would follow. At sea, there was a horrible collision with another ship. When he heard of it, he waited for news from his family to receive a telegram that had two words, saved alone. He'd lost his businesses. He'd lost his only son. And now he lost all of his children. He jumped on the next ship that was heading that direction and to go to meet his wife. And when they arrived at the place near where the accident occurred, they came and they told him it was in this region that the shipwreck happened and your children were lost. There through tears, He stood at the rails of the boat and he began to sing a song that he would later write that is probably one of the most famous Christian hymns in the last 100 years. And here's what he said. When peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever 
it takes. Thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. Why? Because he built on that which was eternal. And even though he'd lost every single thing, he recognized his children were with the Lord. That he still had his wife. But more than all of that, he had a peace that kept him regardless of life's greatest nightmare coming to him. That peace is your inheritance. But it only comes to those who keep their mind stayed, set, fixed, confident in Him. Would you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the Word of God. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for every precious person here, the storms that they are walking through, and none of them are hidden from you. None of them, not one of them. I hear you saying, Jesus, as you declared, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. I pray, Father, right now for every person walking through every difficulty in their life, every challenging moment of their life, Lord, in this last season, thousands have given up hope, literally thousands, because their hope was built on that which was temporary. Today, we can declare with Horatio Stafford, it is well, it is well with our soul, because our soul, our confidence, is in you and you alone. If you're here today and you go, Pastor, I'm going through difficult circumstances. I need this peace of God. I need it in my life right now. I need it in my life. Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, my knees, I cry out to you for the many that have raised their hand, Father. Come and meet them. Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon them and remind them they're not alone and that you are for them even as we sang today you are for them you are for them Holy Spirit great comfort of God come surround them surround them I pray today surround them I pray today comfort them and may they hold fast to the peace that you're giving them even this very moment and now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I've been speaking about the peace of God, but that can't come to you until you have peace with God. That comes the moment that you're born again. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? I've been christened, I've been baptized, I've joined the church. Isn't that good enough? That's a great start. But Jesus spoke to a man very religious named Nicodemus, and he said, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're born again, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
What does that mean, Pastor? Well, my birthday's June the 17th, but my spiritual birthday is the week before Easter, 1971, when I prayed with an African-American counselor in a chemistry lab. That day I was born again. That day the old Jacob died and I became spiritually alive. I've struggled many times since that day, but I was spiritually alive and awakened that day and I've never been the same. That was my spiritual birthday. I was born again that day. Have you been born again? It only happens once, just like the day you were born. You say, Pastor, how can I be born again? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer. And C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin through repentance to be born again. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I've never once prayed to be born again. Remember, it only happens once. Pastor, would you pray for me today? I want today to be my new beginning. I want to be born again today. If that's you, I'm the only one that's looking. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment at the count of three. On three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And by doing that, just raise it up high and put it back down. You're just saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want today to be born again. One, God brought you here. Nothing is ever an accident. Two, many people are praying for you. Jesus himself is at the right hand of the Father praying for you even now. That today becomes the beginning of your new born-again spiritual journey. Three, if that's you, lift it up high. I want to pray for you. Yes, one, two, three, four, high, five. Anywhere else? Anywhere else? All right, six. All right, you can put your hand down. Last 10 seconds, Pastor, I didn't raise my hand with these six, but I should have. My heart's about to beat out of my chest. I know this is what I need. Would you pray for me? I'm asking this last time for you. If you raised your hand already, don't raise it again with these six. But if you want to join them, raise your hand and wave it at me right now because I'm talking just for you. Seven, eight, nine. All right. That church, let's pray out loud with all of those that raise their hand. Those of you who raise your hand, we're going to join you. We're all going to pray this prayer with you for you to be born again. Let's pray out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me, so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen.